Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 309 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. So uh, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Uh, well, apart from football coming back at the weekend and uh, all that going pretty well so far, I've uh, had a bit of a resurgence with Cyberpunk 2077. I am playing it on base PS4, which is technically the worst place to play the game, even <laughs> though the game's also available on Stadia, which I would argue is worse. Possibly, yeah. Um, considering that when you're playing a game on Stadia, it could cut out at any moment. But so, so obviously most of us played it in December when it came out and it wasn't working very well let's just sort of put it that way since about January till March-ish it's had a bunch of patches just over the last like couple of months basically I think the first or the second patch had like over 500 changes or something ridiculous like that it was and I remember when I went to cover it on one of the podcasts I'm like look I can't read everything because we'll be here for like you can't even cover that in like one podcast because there was so many things um, I went back after those patches had come out and the game felt a bit better but still like there were still some annoying issues and I didn't want to play the game in that state and then about say a month or two later so sort of now um, I went back to it. I just sort of was, was missing the game a bit and I really wanted to jump back into that world and the story was pretty good. The characters were interesting. It was just the kind of gameplay and bugs and glitches itself that kind of were getting in the way. And I don't know what it was, but it I returned to the game and it just feels a bit better and a bit more enjoyable to play. There's still some like notable issues and I'll talk about a couple of them that are really interesting in a minute. But uh, I found two guns that have really helped me out. One is sort of this pistol that's got like a charge thing on it and one is this like one is this sort of futuristic snapper that's also got a charge i can't remember the name of the pistol but you can sort of charge it to where it does these like stuttered kind of shots not fully charged like a fully automatic gun like an assault rifle not in that way but it will shoot in sort of started a rhythm if, if that makes sense right because uh, when when i first like equipped the gun and it says hold r2 for a charge shot i thought that was going to be one big charged shot which would kind of make sense um, and then i started kind of destroying enemies with it and i was like i'm having quite a lot of fun with this gun i'm gonna <laughs> kind of keep going and then i used this new sniper and i also was destroying people with that it just was a lot of fun so i just kind of naturally kept going because i was having fun with the game there's one really, really big thing that sticks out to me in this game, and I've seen a lot of YouTube videos about this in the in the last month or so, is the subway system or the end cart like train system thing. 
thing. Yeah. When you're walking through the open world, obviously not in a building, when you're outside and you're walking in the open world, when you're in like the main night city, you can see these train tracks in the sky, which was supposed to have, well, train carts on mm-hmm. them, which was tied into the subway system, which was supposed to be tied into the fast travel. If you look on those train tracks, there's never any carts on them. Like there's, <laughs> it's this really weird thing where you, you can tell they were supposed to put the train car system on it, but they never got around to it. Yeah. And if you go to certain buildings where these tracks line up, obviously, so people can get on the thing, you'll see just a bunch of unfinished buildings. And it's quite clear that you can tell they're in the middle of the process of putting in this fast travel system where they were supposed to be carts that were going to connect to these buildings and you were going to use them as like a subway system kind of thing like that mm-hmm. uh, a bit a bit like in the same way on certain gta games how you can go to like train stations you wait for the train to come yeah. and you get on the train then you go to the next station it was probably supposed to be like that what was sort of put in as a substitute which isn't a bad thing is you get these little stations that are next to these big buildings that were supposed to clearly be train stations and you go on that you basically click on select destination it gives you a map and then you get a loading screen which takes you to that location i think what we were supposed to get which was shown in the trailer was third person cutscenes uh, of you being inside these train systems it's shown in one of the very very early trailers and they just you know were pushed for time and they didn't get time to uh put it into that uh so it's very very interesting that there's just these tracks in the sky have got nothing on them at all it's yeah. it's very strange but other than that like, like i said i think the story is pretty good i think the characters are really interesting i really like the, the story that they've put out the gameplay obviously i've gotten along with quite well the driving can be a little bit strange sometimes although if you change from one game to another the driving is going to feel different in kind of every game you play anyway yeah i've got a couple of bikes that were quite cool to unlock and stuff and i'm just kind of having a bit of a bit of fun with the game uh, i remember you you said you finished it didn't you that was i did i finished December. it yeah. yeah ages and ages ago because I had the PC version and whilst it was buggy in places there were a few bits and pieces generally it doesn't seem to have been anywhere near as bad as the console releases which is bizarre because you'd think the PC is a harder thing to nail down because there's so many different variations on the specs whereas a console is a specific thing you know so you've only got one spec or possibly two specs to design for it's weird that the PC versions seem to be quite quite stable when that was actually released. And I know there were some issues right at the very beginning, but I managed to play through the whole thing without any problem at all. I, I did notice some of the issues like, yes, there were certain things that obviously they were supposed to add in, like the trade system, and they didn't. But I re-enjoyed really it. I thought it was really fun and well put together. The problem with Cyberpunk has been the fact that it was never, ever going to live up to the amount of hype that people threw at it. Mm. And I think that's as much it, our fault as it is theirs, you know? Yeah. Or if it was going to, it would have come out two years after the initial release date. Yeah. But the important thing is I'm having fun with it. Got a pretty good narrative and story to kind of follow and it stuff. Does. I really liked um, the story in it. I thought the story was great. That kind of like world idea of people getting cybernetics of like any part of your body or whatever. And like, okay, how are corporations going to feel about that? How's like government and stuff going to feel like that about it? Um, Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a plot line I'm on at the moment. I won't get into like any spoilers or anything, but it's to do with somebody stealing somebody's implants sort of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite interesting as well. Did you come across any NPCs that were in T poses? Not that I remember. No. Because I haven't either. That was one of the issues. Like you'd walk past like a NPC in a game, whether it's inside or outside a building and they would, they would probably like 
give little bits of dialogue to you, but they'd stand there in a T-pose. Their head would still like turn and look at you and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Their arms would be out in a T-pose. Yeah. I've not seen that in my game either. There's whole sort of montages you can go and watch on YouTube of like glitches and bugs. And some of the stuff is just wild. Yeah. Absolutely just wild. That, but, uh, that happened in that game. Yeah, but I mean, I do wonder how much it's been over-exaggerated by people specifically seeking uh-huh. out these bugs. Yeah. I, I don't know, would be my honest answer, because as I say, I played through the whole thing. I didn't really have any glitches that I remember, certainly nothing game-breaking. I mean, I was playing it a few weeks after release. It might have been actually the week of release, and it and it played through okay. Yeah, there were mm. there was a few little bits and pieces, and obviously, like you say, there were certain bits that weren't finished and they didn't have time to finish. But overall, like, it was pretty stable for me, and I don't mm. remember any kind of huge graphical glitches in it. Yeah, I mean, like some of them you'd look at and you think, okay, that's a pretty basic thing to happen, but some of the stuff I've seen is like, how have you even got that to happen in your game? Yeah. Where, like, somebody's been driving along and their car will flip, like, 50 feet in the air or whatever. <laughs> or there, there was a... I remember that when the game first came out, there was this part where somebody was just looking at a building and all of a sudden this car comes flying, not actually like a flying car, flying in the wrong way, yeah. flying, like, over this building and crashes next to them. It's like, how is that even happened in your game it's it's strange so mm-hmm. but yeah like i said been having fun with it i heard the story's a little bit shorter which is interesting uh, i don't know how long i've got left but then because it's cd project red i keep getting distracted with side quests as well so, yeah well of course <laughs> it's, it's yes good. yeah uh, but those side quests are also good so one other game that I've been playing that I haven't really been enjoying that much, I rented Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Just felt like I wanted to just give it a shot. I'd heard from lots of different people that I do play the game with that said that like this game just isn't great. And I thought, you know what, I've got my rental thing. It won't hurt to like add it to my list and then just try it. It's really not very good. That isn't my sentiment for all the Black Ops games, although I do still maintain the opinion that the, the modern warfare games for Call of Duty just hold a particularly high standard right. for the series. If, if you'd ask most Call of Duty players, they'd probably tell you that Modern Warfare 2 and the first Modern Warfare, they're probably the two best Call of Duty games still, which is crazy considering one of them is from 2007. There's five of them in total. There's Black Ops 1, 2, 3, and 4, and then Cold War, which is sort of the technically the fifth one. They never really have quite been as good, but some of the earlier Black Ops games were like better. I did play some of those. You don't play the Call of Duty games, do you? I haven't, so. no. Weirdly, I've interviewed the guy that does the music for Black Ops Cold War. I mean, the, the music over the opening titles is a lovely piece of music, but that's about all I know about it. So, <laughs> Yeah, the campaign was pretty good, actually. I remember playing the campaign for one and two. Four didn't have a campaign, I don't think. And there was these weird things about like the numbers, almost the same way that like Lost did it. Like There was these weird numbers that kept popping up, and mm-hmm. there was a plot line about that. I never know how that got resolved, so I might have to find that out. But no, I'm not really going to go back to uh, Black Ops Cold War. And I I think this year's Call of Duty is supposed to be called Vanguard, which is a World War II game. I think there's three different main developers that do the three different series. Right. Uh, I think Call of Duty is just best when you stick to Modern Warfare, but then can you release a Modern Warfare game every year? I don't know that you Yeah, I, you I don't think so. that would work either. So Nobody seems to really be a fan of like the World War II games. I mean, people just don't really want to use old guns, I suppose. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. Bit of a miss with that one. I've been playing a bit of Crash Bandicoot 4 with uh, with my dad yesterday. We did about <laughs> we did about three or four levels. Uh, they got this thing on there called Pass and Play. Right. And basically you start off a level and you only need one control to do 
do it. It says like player one or player two to start. Uh, so one of you plays. When you hit a checkpoint, it does still mark it as a checkpoint. Then one of when one of you dies, it resets at that checkpoint or the start level, depending on how much progress you've made. Then it says just pass the controller over to the other person, press OK, and then they take over. And it does actually say like who died the most and who got like the most boxes and stuff. <laughs> um, odd, oddly, in the, so in the first two levels, we didn't die that much. And then in the second and third, we both died four times each. So <laughs> like my dad's familiar with the Crash games. I mean, growing up, I was watching him and my sister play like right, Crash yeah. 1, 2, and 3 on the on the PS1. So I just said like the controls are pretty much what you remember and then told him about a few differences here and there. And he was pretty much sort of straight in with it. I don't know. I didn't know Excellent. how he would sort of handle it. But um, I guess for him, it just, I don't know. He seemed very kind of comfortable with it and, and got on with it pretty well. Because you, you never know when you're handing a game to somebody who hasn't doesn't really play games that much like nowadays and you wonder how they're going to kind of get on with it but he got on with it really well and we had a we had a pretty good time with it so uh i'm going to try and do some more of that in the future so anyway i mean there's a lot of levels and stuff and um yeah you could tell that like the difficulty started to ramp up a little bit but yeah. um as long as we're kind of getting through the levels and stuff and not getting too stuck i think we'll be fine but uh, that was a pretty good experience as well so uh, that's most of what i've been up to um how about yourself david tv mainly for me having finished the clone wars and got through all seven seasons of that i was kind of missing my daily animated star <laughs> wars so i started rebels from the beginning which i have actually watched all the way through previously but i it's been a while so i thought i'll go back and start that from the beginning again because i enjoyed that and i'm still sort of watching the bad batch which finished this week as well rebels really solid as i remember it the first season is more an episode of the week introducing characters and getting you used to the background of the characters and that sort of stuff the second season goes more into longer form formats which is sort of what they did with the main claymore series as well the second season introduces some of the characters that you know from the film franchise and from clone wars and you start to build them sort of getting more and more involved in the wider rebellion whereas in the first season they're very much their own little unit really really enjoyed that series i think they do a wonderful job with it and uh, i'm sort of halfway through the second season at the so I'm, I'm really enjoying that there's only four seasons of that but that's well worth watching the bad batch had its finale this week as well which ended things in a sort of really interesting place dealt with what happened to camino which is the place where all the clones were built which we've never seen exactly what happened to that after the end of the clone wars so it deals with that it also leads into what happened to some of the Cambodian people and what went on with the cloning technologies afterwards and they've sort of touched a little bit on that in the mandalorian and in the final of the sequel films as well that is sort of dealt with a little bit so we don't know exactly where they're going with that but they're clearly they have some sort of cloning project going on despite the fact that they're no longer using clones for stormtroopers that's going to be interesting to see where they go with the second season of that because as, as with all these animated things the first season sort of establishes the characters the second season is probably going to sort of branch out into the wider mythos of star wars so i'm really interested to see where they go with the second season of that and it has got a second season they announced quite recently as well i've got two episodes left of bad batch the like double finale Mm-hmm. thing uh, that I just haven't quite caught up with. I had quite a lot of episodes, didn't it? 16. I know 16. they're kind of like the shorter, but 
I haven't started Rebels yet. That's because I was in the middle of watching like the first or the second season of Clone Wars. So that's pretty much where I'm at with those two. Right. Stargirl also came back this week on Amazon. So I watched the first episode of the second season. Good, solid start. It's kind of interesting. There was a few things that made me laugh, actually. They were doing interviews beforehand and pretty much the entire cast had to have their costumes altered because obviously they've been off air for a very long time. And it's very lovely that the uh, the cast were admitting this. They were like, yeah, we had to have some of the... Uh costumes which are obviously quite tight fitting let out of it by the costume department because uh you know we've been sat around at home in lockdown for the past 12 18 months and they don't quite fit as well as they used to <laughs> so that was really funny but bless them they look great i mean they've come back and they did a really really good job with the first season it's one of the better dc shows out there i think right now they introduced a green lantern in the uh, second season obviously it's on a different earth and it's a green lantern that, of course it is. <laughs> it's, it's not they've been messing around with green lanterns in the arrowverse side of things i'm told from what robert mentioned uh-huh. last week but they haven't actually kind of got all the way to it you are dealing with the justice society not the justice league so if you know your comic books there is a green lantern called alan scott and he has a daughter called Jade. And obviously this deals with the younger of the Justice Society kind of related members. So it's Jade that turns up in it. And that's in the opening episode. So I, I really enjoyed the first episode of that. And uh, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing where the rest of that goes. Yeah, I thought the premiere was, was all right. I thought it was kind of saved a bit by the last five, 10 minutes with that reveal. I kind of remembered in the back of my mind that that was happening, but I didn't anticipate it like right then. So that was an interesting surprise. It's interesting when you think about about like who is tied to what in DC and I might actually do a podcast talking about that talking about like the not even just one specific area but like all of the things that are happening in DC it's it's a little bit of a mess as to like what is and isn't connected and who's on what earth and yeah you've got like you've got like three different people playing Batman at the moment and it's uh there isn't sort of a proper Joker but we had like a Joker film two years ago and it's a bit weird yeah it's all it's all kind of gone so yeah. Um, but yeah, Stargirl was quite good for the first episode of season two. Yeah, we have got Jade showing up in this. We've got Jakeem Thunder showing up at some point in this. We know that Jay Garrick appears in this, although as somebody corrected me in the article, I mentioned that it was the Earth 3 Jay Garrick. It's not. It's apparently the Earth 2 version because it's the version that's native to Stargirl and Stargirl is Earth 2. So it is John Wesley Ship playing Jay Garrick. It's just not the same one that is in the Arrowverse if that makes sense <laughs> apparently that doesn't make a lot of sense actually so it's the same actor playing a different version of the it's same the, yeah because it's the same actor but he's not playing the version from Earth 3 which is the version that turned up in Arrowverse he's playing the version that is native to Earth 2 apparently Why? so so I don't I don't know <laughs> well because they're on Earth 2 and Earth 2 had uh, you know the Justice Society and the Justice Society had a flash so John Wesley Ship is playing him I mean I it sort mm. of makes sense. So if those two if those two versions meet, will you have two different John Wesley ships? I would assume so. Yes. You'd have two <laughs> yeah, be, you'd have like so. a split screen or something. Mm. That's Stargirl. I've also, thanks to sort of having access to some press stuff, seen the first three episodes of Titans. So I'm not going to go into detail about 
Titans because it hasn't started over here yet and probably won't for a few months yet on Netflix. But it's been interesting watching that because if you've seen any of the press for it, you know that Red Hood is one of the characters which is making an appearance. And I think most people know who Red Hood is. So that's not like a massively huge reveal. You're sort of waiting for the Titans to work out who Red Hood is. We also know from the trailers that Jason Todd meets his sort of meets of comic book fate where he's sort of bludgeoned to death by the Joker with a crowbar that's not a spoiler because that was in the trailer so Mm, that's that storyline so it is that storyline there is a great scene when red hood first shows up which he's ripped directly from the page of the comic book there is a scene in the comic book where he gathers all the mob bosses together and they recreate that scene as well which is really satisfying to see on screen should say they're handling the characters better i think in the second season because you know there are a lot of characters Mm -hmm. they've lost a couple like there's no donna there's no raven in this one so far anyway and they seem to be sort of handling the characters a little bit better than they did they're sort of all together in the opening sequence but then they're focusing a bit more on dick and obviously on bruce a little bit as well but they get rid of him fairly quickly so it's sort of them arriving in gotham and dealing with gotham as opposed to san francisco and i think also the fact that it's contained in a city kind of helps it feels like it's sort of in a bubble and i think that helps a little keep the cohesiveness together they introduce barbara gore as well who is police commissioner so they have added some new characters in but i think they're handling that abundance of characters a lot better than they have previously i think when you've when you've got that many characters in a show and obviously this third season's introducing what three new characters because red hood's technically not a new character it's just a character that's changing i think what you've kind of got to do when you've got that many main characters try not to do what season one and two did which is make you think that all of them are main characters because then when you try and do that and you've got like i don't know 15 or how many characters the show's got then that will become too much. If you're going to do an ensemble type of show like that, you got to do a bit more of what like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead do, which is where you kind of know a little bit, okay, you know that person's name, you know their role, but you know they're not as important as like some of the bigger characters. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it works out in the third season. I think certainly in the three opening episodes, it feels like they're balancing a lot better and are doing what you're saying. You know, it's focusing a bit more on Dick. The other characters are around, but it feels like Dick Grayson is sort of the lead but the others are getting a reasonable amount of screen time without them feel liking you're over dominating it with the other guys Mm. i think they're doing a reasonable job the only issue i have with it is red hood's motivation i think isn't very clear right now okay they need to rectify that because i mean if you know the comic books the purpose of red hood in the comic books and the reason jason turns into red hood is that he gets killed gets resurrected by lazarus pit comes back and discovers bruce is still letting joker run around and hasn't actually dealt with him permanently because of the way things happen on the tv show that motivation is a little different and it doesn't seem as clear i don't want to kind of spoil anything in terms of the actual storyline but 
I hope they're going to be able to kind of rectify that as it goes forward. But I think Jason's motivation isn't that obvious because he seems to have gone from being somebody who was just angry at the Titans at the end of last season to somebody who was a full-blown psychopath this season. And that doesn't make any sense right now. Okay. You know? so, how, many, how many episodes does this season have? I think it's 10 and they've done three so far. Okay, because the previous it was like 11 or 13, wasn't it? I do, yeah, so, maybe 13, but I'm not sure. Around that amount. So yes, yeah, so that... Um, should be coming to Netflix later this year or early next year. I think it usually comes out in January, but it's yeah, a little earlier in the US. So mm, it may be like January, right. isn't it? Yeah. So. When watching that first episode of Lower Decks came out, I know you struggled with Lower Decks, but I really like that show. I think it's one of those things that comes from your background with Star Trek as well, because you joined Star Trek with Discovery and uh-huh. Lower Decks is much more a kind of parody-ish of the Next Generation series than it is of something like Discovery, which is a very different sort of beast. So you probably aren't getting the same sort of reference points that you would if you knew Next Generation that well. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe that's why it's something that didn't land with you. But I love that series. I think it, it strikes the balance between being something that feels like it is part of the Next Generation Star Trek world and being a sort of funny parody of it as well. I think it does a really good job of balancing the two. It's uh, from one of the Rick and Morty guys, and it's sort of Rick and Morty, but toned down because it's Star Trek, and they can't get away with quite as much as they would on Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. But um, I really be loving that, and the uh, first episode of that is out now on Amazon as well. The other thing I watched this week was the first episode of Heels, which is this wrestling drama we've been talking about for a while, starring Stephen Amell and Alexander Ludwig as these two brothers called Jack and Ace Spade. And I mean, I don't watch WWE at all, but the idea is that around the US, there are a lot of these tiny little local wrestling leagues, and they run this one called the Duffy Wrestling League, which is was set up by their father. Their father handed it to Jack, Stephen Amell's character, to manage it. And I mean, if you know anything about WWE, you know, obviously it's all scripted. So Jack is the person that is essentially writes the script and the narrative for the fights. And he's what is known as the heel. So he's the villain in the stories. And Alexander Ludwig plays Ace, who is supposed to be the face or the hero in those stories except their characters out of the ring are much different in that, you know, Jack is the responsible one. He's the one that's trying to look after the business. He's the older brother. He's the one that's trying to make something of it, but is somewhat inflexible and possibly takes it slightly too seriously. Whereas Ace is the hero in the ring, but out of the ring, you know, he's brash and not all that pleasant. He kind of thinks he's great and he's not necessarily the nicest kind of character. And it comes to a point where are they playing the wrong type? You know, are they the characters that they're in the ring? Are they sort of flipped in real life is sort of the thing that you're kind of questioning. It's really nicely put together drama about something that I'm not really that interested in, in terms of the wrestling. (laughs) But if you're a fan of those things like WWE, I think this is definitely something you should watch. I think it's certainly something that you're going to be very much into. Even if you're not that into professional wrestling, I think 
think it's written really well. It's the direction, it's great. It's created by um, Michael Waldron, who is screenwriter behind, I mean, he's done work on Rick and Morty, actually, but uh, Loki as well, and um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, he also wrote as well. He wrote bits and pieces of Community. It is very much a drama, it's not a comedy, but I think it does a really wonderful job of um, portraying the background of this kind of interesting little bit of Americana in terms of this sort of you know local professional wrestling leagues. Great lead actors, just really well put together, I thought. That is on Stars Play, if you want to go and watch that. You can either get it as a channel through Amazon or you can get it directly separately as well. If you go to, I think it's starsplay.co.uk, you can go and find it on there as well. You can get an app or something, can't you? Yeah, there's an so. app for it as well. So that's all the stuff we've been playing and watching this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So we start off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Once again, no cancellations this week. The only interesting thing is there is one lawsuit over a previous cancellation. The Lincoln Lawyer which was a TV series based on the books and they made a film with Matthew McConaughey in it as well, I think. The A&E Network were making a TV series based on it, which had been picked up to series by CBS. However, when Viacom and CBS merged, the new owners that formed the conjoined company of Viacom CBS dropped the series, despite the fact that it had previously been guaranteed a series order. A&E, obviously, I mean, they were quite a way along at the time in terms of the production. So we're talking quite a few millions that they'd already spent developing this. And uh, then they were kind of dropped in it. Um, The series had actually now moved to Netflix and it is going to Netflix, although it has got a different cast from the one that was going to be on the CBS version. So they have managed to sell it on. But basically, um, yeah, A&E Networks are are suing Viacom CBS for breach of contract over that, apparently. So uh, we're interesting see where that lands. In terms of the renewals, The White Lotus, which is the um, comedy that's on Sky Atlantic over here, that's been renewed for a second season. Uh, It's one of these sort of anthology things, so it's going to have a new cast and a new location for the second season on that. Housebroken, which is a animated comedy which runs on Fox on the US. It's not aired over here yet, but it's it's about a bunch of house pets, I think. That is being renewed for a second season. They pretty much renew all their animated stuff generally on Fox. I do hope that airs somewhere over here because I do like the look of it. What We Do in the Shadows has been renewed for a fourth season as well, so that will be coming back. And American Horror Stories, the anthology series, which is like American Horror Story, but it's individual stories per episode rather than per season. That has been renewed for a second season by FX in the US as well. That's coming fairly soon to the UK on Star on Disney+. Plus. In terms of pickups, there was one that dropped out last week, actually, which uh, completely surprised everybody. Grace and Frankie, 
the first four episodes of season seven on the 13th of August appeared out of nowhere, just dropped onto Netflix. And they put a trailer out basically saying, uh, hey, surprise, we decided to drop these out early rather than with the rest of the season. The rest of the season's coming later this year. But uh, we had these four episodes done. So we thought, what the heck, we'll put them up, basically. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the first four episodes of Grace of Frankie season seven, which is the final season, they are now up on Netflix if you want to go and check those out. Gossip Girl, the 2021 reboot version from HBO Max, that has got a series premiere on the iPlayer. That is coming Wednesday, the 25th of August. As you'll find out later when we do the uh, upcoming air dates, the original seven seasons are also coming this week to iPlayer. So they're dropping all the original series this week and then the reboot series lands on the 25th of August. The Orville has finally, after 27 months off air, wrapped filming. Um, It has been a very long time. A couple of issues with that. Uh, Partly the fact that Seth is incredibly busy, Seth MacFarlane. So that was one of the issues. It also moved from Fox to Hulu because they knew they weren't going to be able to get that third season out in time. So Disney moved it off Fox and onto Hulu instead. And then, of course, the pandemic hits. And it's a really difficult show to shoot in the middle of a pandemic because there's a lot of prosthetics used on that show. So it's very difficult to get close to people and Mm -hmm. do it safely. There is numerous issues with getting that filmed that's finally wrapped all the photography on it presumably there's still going to be a bunch of fx work to do on it but i think they are saying hopefully it'll be out before the end of the year that's the orville season three uh there have been news stories floating around that this is going to be the final season that is in no way confirmed one way or another it was a very dubious oh it was one of the usual dubious (laughs) websites um that that sort of make up 20 stories and hope one of them sticks type thing Mm. we don't know at the moment it hasn't been cancelled or renewed which is exactly what you would expect at this point so it isn't renewed it isn't cancelled it's they're going to wait until season three comes out see how it does Mm. on hulu and then they will make a decision but there is no news one way or the other so we'll wait and see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, that is the third season of that. Seth MacFarlane himself has, of course, signed a massive new deal with NBC. That shouldn't affect any existing shows because uh, Family Guy's still on Fox and that's still running and they still intend to make that for the moment. Although he has been making noises about the fact that his political disagreements with Fox are making it very, very difficult to work with Fox anymore. But we'll see. And we've still got Orville running at the moment over on uh, Hulu. So, I mean, just because he's got a big deal with NBC doesn't mean he can't keep on making the existing shows for other people. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of other new things coming, Late Night MASH with Nish Kumar, which is basically the MASH report under a different name on a different channel. That is coming on the 2nd of September at 10pm to Dave, they've announced. So I'm looking forward to that coming back because that was a really fun political satire show. Why the Last Man, which is an adaptation of a DC Vertigo comic book where there is basically one guy who survives this plague that sweeps through and kills off all the other men in society apart from this one guy that is coming wednesday the 22nd of september to star run disney plus it's running about a week behind the us that so it's not too far behind the us it's a hulu show over there it's going to be or it's an fx hulu show anyway i saw a trailer floating around for that but there I, is. I didn't didn't get around to watching it it's, it sounds kind of interesting plus if it's on yeah star i'm already subscribed to disney plus so um that yeah. might line up quite nicely yeah definitely 
definitely it's one that I'm interested in and I have read the comic book for that and I enjoyed the comic book so I'll be interested to see how that translates to screen did you say that was from DC or did you say something else no uh, well mm, technically it's a Vertigo DC comic book so oh, right, it's right. not yeah. directly DC it is DC Vertigo so it's not like a, a sort of superhero connected thing it's from the okay. Vertigo imprint that's why The Last Man and that's 22nd of September on Star and Disney Plus that is coming and uh, the other bit of news we got was Amazon's Lord of the Rings series is moving the entire production to the UK for season two which was a bit of a surprise the reason that they've given is to align with the studio's strategy of expanding its production footprint and investment in studio space across the UK with many of Amazon Studios tentpole series already calling the UK home so it seems like it's some sort of consolidation thing that they're doing Um, I don't know whether they're just sort of renting a shed load of studio space or even maybe buying a studio in the UK outright possibly I don't know but it seems like it's some sort of consolidation thing but that's quite a big move to basically lift everything up that they built for season one you know all the sets that they need to keep and all that sort of stuff and airlift everything literally halfway around the world to dump them into the UK to film season two Mm. It's, yeah. it's an interesting idea. I mean, also with COVID around, I mean, okay, it's much better in the UK than it was, but I mean, we've still not handled it anywhere near as well as New Zealand have. So I don't know. It's a weird decision, but I mean, not that I'm complaining. It's great that film production is coming here, but yeah, that is a little bit strange that they decide to move everything to the UK. Mm. This is going to be a big show, isn't it? Like, there's been a lot of money pumped into this thing. It, it, it is the <laughs> most, and as far as we can tell, it's the most expensive expensive TV show ever made over half the cast are British so I mean for them it'll be great because it means they can be back home uh, Mm -hmm. you know because they've been sequestered in New Zealand for two years I mean not that that's a bad thing I mean New Zealand I haven't been but he's supposed to be absolutely stunning but if you've got family Mm -hmm. and you've basically had to be away from your family for two years because you can't fly in and out without quarantining from New Zealand then if over half your cast is British that maybe helps and you know it may be the fact that also if you base yourself in the UK there is a certain type of environment that you get from New Zealand whereas you have a lot more flexibility if you're based in the UK to be able to go and shoot in say Ireland a little bit or other places in Europe in the same way that Game of Thrones did when they were based in Ireland so Mm -hmm. if you want lots of different types of environments it makes it a lot easier to use the UK as a base and be able to go and utilise different structures. And there's a lot more things maybe you can use around here than what is in New Zealand, possibly. I I don't know. I mean, it depends where they're going because it's got two seasons definitely confirmed, but I think it was ordered for five seasons out off the bat. I think that was what they had to commit to to be able to get the licensing for it in the first place. So they are throwing a lot of money at it. And it's great to have production come to the UK. It just seems like a slightly odd decision. Also interesting that, was it September next year it is? Yes, that that was it. People people were looking at it going, whoa, it's coming in September. Oh, 2022. Yeah, yeah, not next month, next year. Yes, it's coming next year. So uh, we've got to wait like over a year for it to land. But 
there's enough of the TV around. In well, the we've already time. waited like how long already? Yeah, it's like three so, years already, or three or four years since, since they yeah. initially announced it. So, you know, it will be fine. Moving on to other news stories, FX has expanded their American something story franchise along with American Horror Story. They are now making American Sports Story, American Love Story, and they've got an idea for American Crime Story Season 4 called Studio 54 American Crime Story. American Sports Story, they're pretty much doing exactly what they do with the other shows. It's a scripted anthology limited series, in this case focusing on prominent events involving a sports figure and re-examines it through the prisons of today's world, telling the story from multiple perspectives. The first installment is going to be based on the podcast Gladiator Aaron Hernandez and Football Inc. from the Boston Globe and Wonderly. It's a limited series which charts the rise and fall of an NFL superstar Aaron Hernandez and explores the connections of the disparate strands of his identity, his family, his career, his suicide and the legacy of sports and American culture. I mean, I know nothing about NFL. I'm sure that's a huge story, but uh, that's what they're focusing on from the first American sports story, apparently. American Love Story, again, scripted anthology of sweeping true love stories that captured the world's attention. The first one is the whirlwind courtship and marriage of JFK and Caroline Bessette. What started out as a beautiful union for the young couple, widely regarded as American royalty, begins to fray under the stress and relentless microscope and nasal gave of the tabloid media. The pressures of their careers and rumours family discord ended with the tragic deaths when his private plane crashed into an ocean on a hazy summer night on the coast of Massachusetts. So, so yes, not JFK, JFK Jr. we're talking about there. That's a, another sort of interesting one. Again, these are all coming from Ryan Murphy and uh, Brad Falchurch, who are the people that are behind all the American horror things. Mm. The idea that they've got for the fourth installment of American Crime Story, the third being American Crime Story Impeachment or Impeachment American Crime Story, which is about Bill Clinton. This one, they're looking at Studio 54, which tells the saga of Steve Rubell and Ian Schrager, who in 1977 turned the Midtown Manhattan disco into an international mecca of nightlife for the rich and famous and commoners alike, renowned for its lavish parties, music, sex and drugs. With Rubell and Schrager's meteoric rise came their epic fall less than three years later when the impresarios were convicted of tax fraud. I mean, Studio 54 was a huge, huge place in the sort of for this period in the late 70s so it'd be interesting to see a background to that it's maybe not as big as some of the other stories they were looking at but i think it could be make quite an interesting one for that yeah i mean i watched the uh, american horror story i've not seen all the seasons but that's the good thing with the anthology which is you can watch them in any order that you sort of want yeah looking forward to american horror stories as well because obviously that would be a one episode anthology thing per episode uh with the sports thing i mean obviously this is going to be set more within like american American sports, which I don't really follow and stuff. I mean, I know certain names of athletes and things that are outside of British soccer, as, as they would call it, or uh, football, as we'd call it over here. I do know the name of certain uh, athletes and things, but mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if I'll take much interest in the sports story. If I, if I hear it's good or whatever, and you know, we'll see. Obviously, 
see what a trailer looks like and stuff. But at the moment, I'm looking. I'm just looking forward to the return of like the pretty much the main two shows, which is story and stories, which they both come back quite soon, actually, don't they? For, yeah, uh, for um, Star. Horror, horror Story starts on the 8th of September. Horror Story Double Feature, which is the, the main show, that's back in October. Uh-huh. They haven't given an exact date for that yet, but that's October that lands. That's pretty much where I sit with all that. How about yourself? I watched the first season of American Horror Story, I think. And I mean, I don't massively do horror. I enjoy that first season, but I kind of, I don't know, it was up against something else when it came back for its second season. And then I never really went back to it. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed American Crime story the first one of that which was the oj simpson one and i thought they did a great job with that so i've been sort of waiting for the new american crime to show up and i'm quite looking forward to seeing the impeachment one but i don't know we'll have to sort of wait and see with the love story one obviously because of the title they are based very much around american people so i mean jfk jr i don't think had a huge impact over here and then you've got them doing the nfl as being like the sports story and whilst the nfl is more popular over here than it was I mean, it's not to say that these won't make interesting stories. It's just we maybe don't have the same sort of connection to them than you do to the big international things. Like, I mean, the OJ thing was a huge, huge story worldwide. Yeah, it's a big one. You know, same with the impeachment thing. That was a huge, huge story. So it's difficult to gauge how well these will land. But um, mm, I mean, yeah. if anybody can do it, it's Ryan Murphy. I mean, the man's done so well with uh, all the shows he's put together so far. So I mean, him him and Greg Berlanti make up 90% of television. So. <laughs> that is true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to something which is neither of them, actually. AMC's interview with a vampire series has cast Lestat. And they've gone for an Australian actor called Sam Reed. I don't particularly know Sam Reed. He's, he's done a show called Lambs of God. The Hunting, previously starred as D.I. Len Bradfield in Prime Suspect 1973, played John Glenn in The Astronaut's Wives Club, uh, popped up in a few episodes of Spooks way back as uh, playing the young version of Harry. But the only thing I would say about him, if you've not seen a photo of him, he looks a lot like Joseph Morgan, who played Klaus in The Vampire Diaries of the Originals. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing, but, you know, clearly okay. that's very vampire mm. For those of you that don't know the interview with the vampire books, uh, AMC bought all the access to the Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles novels collection. The Vampire Chronicles consists of 11 books, starts with Louis, who is this 18th century French aristocrat, and uh, he's basically turned into the world's whiniest vampire when the incredibly charismatic Lestat turns into this vampire. The book series continues and it follows Lestat pretty much as he goes through various different ages. Some focus more on Lestat, some focus more more on other characters and the start becomes a more background character so it's sort of interesting how they kind of weave the whole thing together i really like the books i'm very interested to see what they do with this as a tv series because i think it will fit a tv series format quite well Mm. i know you're less into vampires than you are zombies yeah it just doesn't quite work for me as much i think i said before the only vampire stuff i've really watched was like some of the all but the last twilight film i think i've 
I've seen, I can't remember why I never finished the films off, but now it's been like so long and whatever. So, <laughs> um, I mean, this will be one of the things where instead of me sort of just dismissing it because I don't really like vampires that much, it might be something a bit different or something better than what I'm thinking of. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I'll, you know, I'll check out a trailer, whatever. No use just sort of dismissing it because I'm not into the genre. Sometimes those things can kind of change a little bit. So I'll wait for, you know, for more information or trailer or whatever to come out and, uh, We'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be a little while because, I mean, this is the first bit of casting that we've had. So presumably we'll get some more reasonably soon if they've started casting now. But they haven't shot anything. So it's going to be probably late next year before we finally see anything on it, I would have thought. Mm. Yeah. And the last news story we have this week is about the Powerpuff pilot that they're still plugging along with at the CW. <laughs> uh, although they've lost one of their cast, Chloe Bennett is not going to be returning. She was going to play Blossom. She is now leaving the pilot because of a scheduling conflict and he's going to be recast. So uh, if you've missed this story previously, Powerpuff is a live action take on the beloved animated series, The Powerpuff Girls except it sees the preteen America's pint-sized superheroes grown into disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhood to crime-fighting. Will they agree to reunite now the world needs them more than ever? So that was the setup for it. It had Chloe Bennett as Blossom, it had Cameron Dove as Bubbles, and Yana Peralt as Buttercup, along with Donald Faison, who's playing Professor Ultron, and Nicholas Podday as playing Mojo Jojo Jr. The rest of the cast apparently are staying at the moment. The only reason, or the reason that they've been given for Chloe Bennett, of course, from Agents of the Shield, the reason that she is apparently leaving is due to some scheduling clash. We don't know what that is. There's no clues online about what she's doing next, you know, an upcoming projects. There have been some rumours flying around about Quake being added to the MCU properly rather than being in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., sort of her showing up in one of the main conjoined MCU shows. But the sources for those rumours were dubious to say the least, I think, of, you know, the sort of websites I'm talking about. When it was posted online, Chloe herself tweeted, replying to it, I wish, when they said Quake's going to show up in the MCU. So um, who knows? But we don't know what she's moving on to, but apparently she is doing something else. And because of the fact that they piloted the show, it didn't work. They've gone back to retool it again. And because they're doing reshoots for it and they're going to reshoot the pilot, she now it clashes with something else that she's already got booked. That's apparently... <laughs> So if the pilot that had been set out, first of all, which the script got kind of leaked, how accurate that script was, we don't know, but it was still one of the worst scripts for anything I'd ever read. <laughs> Let's say they had gone ahead with that quite horrible pilot episode. She wouldn't have then had scheduling. Like, how would that have? Because then all, 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 the only difference you've got now is, OK, we'll go back, we'll rework this pilot episode, hopefully make it into something self- salvageable. And then try again. But then I'll just say because it, it's the reason that she's given and not not necessarily the thing that's yeah. that's true. Because I I don't think the whole like oh I've suddenly got a scheduling conflict when we don't know what else she's been potentially cast in and we haven't heard that she's been cast back as Quake for the MCU. I think that's just sort of her wanting to maybe 
leave the series, or maybe they maybe they showed the cast the the new version of the pilot and she didn't like it or something like that. But she just got out of there, uh, which I think is is good for her because as much as we, I mean, we don't know how good the series is going to be because none none of us have seen it. We've not seen a trailer or anything. But just given when you look at the series on paper, like just the the idea of it is weird. The pilot script that was leaked was was very very bad. You can't really like blame her for wanting to back out of that because she can and has done better before like with agents of shield which was a very very good show for me with the agents of shield stuff is interesting because a lot of people have said like oh could she be in secret wars or, or whatever i don't know if i'm in the minority on this but i don't need to see those characters ever again because i feel like that series finale of agents of shield was pretty much perfect and wrapped up those characters stories now that's not to say they couldn't come back because several of those characters are still available to be used elsewhere and you've still got the mc which was going to be ongoing for a long long time so yeah you could could bring her back but i just don't know why you'd need to because of how well agents of shield wrapped up but i i just think that the whole oh i've like suddenly out of nowhere got scheduling conflicts so she would have been okay with working on the series if the pilot had let's say the pilot was accepted and they started making and then, it and, yeah. then, and then they ordered this a series you wouldn't have then had a scheduling conflict because then she would have done the rest of the series so i just think that's a that's an excuse I, possibly um, i mean i don't know it depends what the contract was it could be that you know they were going to do the pilot then there may have been a gap and then they'd start shooting the main show rather than running straight into it and maybe in that gap there was i don't know a movie project or something but now they're reshooting the pilot the reshoot is clashing with whatever the movie project is and because she'd already booked say it is a movie project then that takes precedence so it's possible she had something in between which now means that if they've moved the scheduling for the show or for the pilot it could be that you know if the show then runs the series that it would bump into something else that she had planned further down the line and she'd already booked i mean it is possible that there is some form of scheduling you know that mm. there would cause it's, something a, of it's a slim possibility but, i just don't quite believe that's the case yeah that's, no but equally you're quite right she could have seen the script for the first one she could have been having second thoughts about it and this gave her a way out possibly i i mm. don't know or it could be that they decided she wasn't working and it was a way of giving a cover to leave i mean who who knows there there are multitudes of possibilities but either way i don't think it's a bad thing that she's left that and gone and done something else because i mean oh, no, i the, think that's the, a good thing the, the reaction yeah. the reaction to it has been pretty <laughs> awful so uh we'll, we'll yeah. wait and see yeah. but uh and, and again i mean we still don't know whether it might get picked up i mean it's possible that um mm-hmm. there was another project which is guaranteed work i don't know what that presumably they're getting paid for do, shooting the pilot but if there was another longer term mm-hmm. project or something she already had booked, which was guaranteed work, I mean, you know, maybe they were happy to let her go and do that. Yeah. I don't know. Now with the show itself, this is it's not one that I intend to watch, but I do just want to know what it looks like. Yes. Like once we've actually once it's all been shot and edited and they show us a trailer or maybe even just like a, the first episode. I just I'm curious to know is that human curiosity thing, I suppose. Yeah. I just want to know what because I mean I didn't what, regularly watch the Powerpuff Girls, but I know what they are and I've seen parts of it to know what it looks like i just want to like think about what that animated version looks like obviously they're much much younger and then go over to this new live action version and just see the difference that's my only kind of curiosity with it 
So mm. we shall see. We shall yes, see. we shall see. I mean, who knows whether it ever sees the light of day. If it doesn't, I do hope that it's one of those ones that at some point leaks online, you know, the pilot leaks online, even if right, it... like it, an unknown pilot. Yeah, yeah, I do hope. But we'll wait and see what happens with it. You never know, it might end up going to series. That's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> Highlights for next week. As I mentioned earlier, all six seasons of the original Gossip Girl are landing on the BBC iPlayer. They are there from the 18th of August. You'll be able to watch all those if you uh, either want to go and watch before watching the new continuation-ish version reboot thing, then you'll be able to watch all the first six seasons from the 18th of August on iPlayer. Mixed-ish, which is the uh, cancelled spin-off to Blackish, which follows a young version of the Mother Bow as she's sort of an awkward 12-year-old girl. That starts on the 18th of August on Star on Disney+. So, Plus. so out of that, sorry, you got Blackish, Mixed-ish. Is there another one tied to that? Grownish. Like grown something? Yeah. Grownish. Yeah. Okay, and are they like prequels or sequels or like um, spin-offs Gro- or Mixedis is a prequel. Grownish is a spin-off because it follows the daughter, and then there's Blackish, which is the main, the main show. Main. Uh, yeah. But Mixedis was cancelled, and Grownish is, I think, the only one still running because Blackish is coming to an end this year or has come to an end. I'm not okay. sure. Okay, like final season. Final thing. season. So okay, I just hear like all about all these different shows, and I didn't know which one was what or whatever. Yeah, League of Their Own, the comedy quiz show that returns to Sky One on the 19th of August at 9 p.m. That's back. Nine Perfect Strangers, which is from the same people that did Big Little Lies, that is landing on Amazon Prime on the 20th of August. You've got Truth Be Told Season 2, that is returning. It stars Octavia Spence as a sort of podcaster that gets into researching crimes. That is the 20th of August on Apple TV Plus for Season 2 of that. And Walking Dead returns for season 11, the first part of the, what is split into three, isn't it? So first part of Walking Dead, that lands on the 23rd of August on Star on Disney Plus. That is now coming, which I still find weird, but there you go. Yeah, it's it's funny to see like, hey, the Walking Dead is back. Watch the last season on Disney Disney Plus. Plus. I know, it's so weird. It is strange, it is strange. I mean, we understand it because of the whole Star thing and all that, so. But it is weird, yeah. Yeah, when you can watch like, you know, Cinderella and Walking Dead on the same platform. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So 23rd of August, the uh, first part of the final season of Walking Dead. The last leg of Tokyo 2020. So it's the last leg back doing what they originally were set up to do, which is covering the Paralympics. That is coming on the 24th of August at 10pm on Channel 4. And Britannia returns for its third season. That's on the 24th of August at 9pm, which is the drama about Romans invading Britain. That's everything for this week. Uh, where can people find you if they want to find more about your stuff? If you want to listen to any of my TV, video games, films or Manchester Now podcast, uh, you can go to entertainmenttalk.org or just search for Entertainment Talk on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, yeah, the season's back. Uh, May United won 5-1 on Saturday, which don't get too used to that. But uh, it's a good start nonetheless. <laughs> I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, there's a few strange things going on with the team, just in my opinion. But it's very good and we're top of the league at the moment. We'll see what happens next time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can check out all that stuff over there. Uh, if you want to watch me play Cyberpunk, by the way, because I'm streaming quite a lot of it, you can find me on Twitch, eTalk UK. If you just search for eTalk UK on Twitch, 
you should be able to find me and follow me on there and if you miss any of the streams they'll be put onto youtube later there's a couple of clips as well that i put of like certain moments and stuff those are on youtube that's called entertainment talk plays on youtube and that's uh my stuff and uh yeah we'll be doing the preview for walking dead uh, that'll be this week won't it so yeah. i've been i've been reading a bit more of the book so um ah, see, how, see, see how that goes there's already some very interesting differences so <laughs> we'll see awesome. how it goes we'll be doing uh walking dead podcast uk podcast we'll be back later this week for other people involved on the show bex you can of course find at twitch.tv forward slash trista bites that's b-y-t-e-s streaming daily with uh, lots of fun stuff over there and raising money for charities and things over on her twitch stream so check her out daryl you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the tv series you love shot in canada and for us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook and facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye goodbye Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 